Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being back on Black Canvas. We're still in season nine, and I have an amazing special guest here on the show. His name is Chris Levine. He is a highly acclaimed actor, writer, and producer, widely recognized for his award-winning performance in Antibiotic Life. With an unwavering commitment to character development, he has demonstrated his versatility as an artist. From his impressive portrayal in The Handler to his upcoming role as a corrupt detective in a highly anticipated film, The Four Points. In the year ahead, audiences can expect to see even more exceptional work from Levine and his team as they prepare to release three new movies, including production set in the rugged Alaskan wilderness. With a growing reputation for excellence and an unyielding passion for his craft, Chris Levine is undoubtedly a rising star in the world of film and entertainment. And I'm just so excited to have Mr. Chris Levine here on Black Canvas. Thank you for being here. And I'm back. What's up, man? Thank you for that wonderful uh, read of my bio. I know you were like, yeah, send me something short. And I sent you 45 paragraphs. So uh, that was good. Well done. Well, thank you. <laughs> I've been working on it. We'll me with me and Chris. <laughs> I got plenty coming, man. I got you. I got you. All right. Y'all, y'all heard him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this um, signature from him. Make sure I sign my contract. Uh, That's right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, I'm just excited. I created some fun questions that I thought you can answer. So if you're ready, I'm just going to kind of go directly into some of these questions and you can just tell me your first natural response to each one. And just so you know, I know you sent me the questions, but I didn't look at them. So for real, this will be right off the hip for you. Oh, I love those. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) So my first question I have is one of the powerful lines from your movie that we were just talking about. And it's, you shouldn't fear what you can't control is something that you said. And I really love that statement. Um, Do you mind sharing if you personally struggle with any fears yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, that is a great line from Anabolic Life. Um, and I, I just posted it again, too, because that the father and son bond there um, as a father. Like, you know, a lot of people reflect with that, like trying to get a hold of their son or their child in general. Um, but yeah, um, my fears, I mean, there's there's a laundry list of being uh, an artist trying to survive and having fears with that. Um, you know, I sometimes fear whether my big break is ever actually going to happen. Um, I fear if people accept my choices in, uh, in films. Um, uh, and I guess that all relates to the fear of failure, which I think, I think a lot of people generally have, um, but trying to be, uh, an actor and writer in this industry, uh, it's a legitimate fear. Right. And, um, I guess I also fear that I've chosen a career that, uh, has led me to lose personal uh, relationships, personal experiences, choosing um, being sometimes a, uh, considered a broke artist over, you know, the standard nine to five and starting a family and, and things like that. So I fear that that maybe I may, may look back 30 years and made the wrong choice. Oh, wow. And Chris, I think you made a really great point on that. And it goes back to the status quo of what people expect of individuals of this is what you should do. And these are the types of jobs, but there's a difference between a job and a career. And I feel like when you're choosing a career and some, a passion that helps you to get up each morning and, and live your, your true authentic life, I feel like that's something you can't look back and say, man, I, I screwed that up. 
I feel like, you know what, if we all knew what would happen the day before what happened, I think we wouldn't be in the situations we're in. But I feel like when we go through our pains, we find our passion, we find our strength, and we're able to hopefully endure it in a way where people can admire that. And it helps to, you know, inspire the younger um, individuals out there who are trying to pursue this career. And it kind of segues into my second part of that question that I had for you was, um, what tips would you share maybe to a new actor or maybe even producer who has a fear of auditioning or producing a film in their career of, of either being a film director or being an actor? What would you tell to that individual? Yeah, I would say um, that it's normal, that everybody feels that at all levels. I mean, I've been doing it over 10 years, have multiple movies, um, had movies that have been on DVD and Walmart, and I still have that fear um, either every time I audition or every time I um, pull the trigger on producing something. Um, so that's a, a normal fear to have. But um, specifically from an actor standpoint, I remember, because before, like I'll be on set and I know my lines, I know I know my lines. And, but right before the director will yell action, I get this, like, I get this nervous butterflies and this, and like, I, I, you know, a little shaky and stuff like that. And I'm always wondering, why does that happen? And literally, like, it happened really bad one time on set. And the next day, I was like feeling all of my feels about it, you know, like, what am I doing? And I came across this video with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, the guy who plays Borat. And he was literally saying the same thing that he was feeling. He was like, oh, I used to get these horrible butterflies. And this is like, you know, he's an established actor. He's been doing it for a long time. He's like, I still don't, I never understood why I kept getting them. And um, finally, an acting coach told him that that's your body preparing you for greatness. It's your body creating energy so that you can be great. And so that ties into that feeling of fear is that's okay to feel that way. It's your body preparing you for greatness. And I think if you can look at that, it could help, should help you uh, bypass those fears. Um, and I would also say, on the other side of the camera that it's about making strong choices and staying true to them. Um, and it's okay to imitate uh, other films and other filmmakers. And because that's what, that's what the greats do. They imitate and they copy and they rip off and, uh, but they don't lie about it. They go, yeah, you know, I like the shot because I took it from this and it was my favorite movie. Um, so yeah, hopefully that helps a little. I think it did. And it reminds me of a quote that I remember hearing. It said, run from being good chase being great i was like that's really cool i like that and i feel like sometimes we have to chase our greatness and we have to find what works for each individual person but chris this is a fun one i know that you are an author which i am as well i love writing and so i want you to tell us about danny the dino explorer <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's, there's no like sexy way to explain how I started this, this first book. Um, I literally was, I like it I, last year was a little slow for me career wise. I was, everything's kind of been in post-production. I've been waiting for financing to come in. So I was like, what can I, what can I do here? You know? And I was on TikTok scrolling and one of the videos was, you know, how to create a children's book using Kindle on Amazon and how easy it is. And I watched the video and it wasn't, it was literally like you can write a word document that's a hundred pages and literally use Kindle create um, to format it into an ebook. And I was like, that's so easy. But I was like, I didn't want to just do that. I wanted to make it special. So I thought to myself, what, what did I love as a kid? What, you know, 
what what can what would I like to read as a as a young a young Chris? And I always loved dinosaurs. I mean, I still love dinosaurs. So I wanted to write. I decided to write a kind of it's more of a picture book than anything. Um, but it's a it's a cute story about a kid that you know finds a fossil and gets transported back in time and meets a T Rex and then ends up back to where he was. And um, yeah, so I just thought it was cute, and I hired a really good artist to uh, to make it pretty. And it was my first try at it. And it kind of, and it all started from TikTok, which is, I think that's their slogan, isn't it? it all, I learned it on TikTok <laughs> or something. So it's true. That's exactly what happened. Man, that is cool. So Chris, I have a really good idea for another book. What you got? Okay. So it's, just don't laugh. It's okay. going to be Jerial the Magical Counseling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I think that's spot on, bro. Oh man, you know, I like I that. Ten percent though. Give me ten. That's all. Okay, right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I I love writing, and I'm glad you brought that up because actually, when I first started on my journey as as an actual author, and I've been able to self produce and copyright it all on my own, I actually just started researching, and so I was in a creative writing class uh, when I was in college in 2008, and I had a really great teacher. And she was like, oh, I love your poems that I wrote. And she's like, do you ever think you might want to kind of expand and do other things? I was like, nah, I'm just going to kind of just hold on to it. So for many years, I just never dealt with it. And I decided to just create this character called Jesse Wright. And I wrote a, a book called Right on Time. And then it led to a trilogy of books related to it. And people really resonated with the character. And then I just started doing other types of stuff from books of poetry, that cookbook and just doing fun things. And I was like, oh, wow, this is my way of connecting. And doing COVID is when I finally got back into really writing poetry and things that I thought would be really helpful to people who were going through challenges. And some of that was some of the most cathartic experiences I had of just sitting down in front of a computer, in front of a notepad and writing and typing. And I just remember saying, wow, you did this. Like you, you set out to really help do something that could help someone. And it made me feel so good. But it also just reminded me is that, you know what? I can research. And I found on Amazon, I was able to release it on Kindle and paperback versions for everything. Like they made it so easy for me. And so I didn't have to work with an agent. I'm like, this is all me. And I just really believe in with this podcast. I just figured it out on my own and found a way to distribute it and, and make it work for myself. And so I'm just so proud of you for you, first of all, being creative and finding that way to connect. But there's going to be some kid or some adult or someone who reads that and they can be like, wow, you know, this, I really connected with Chris and what you did. And I feel like you're going to write a lot more and I can't wait to, to support you in that as well. Thank you, Jerry. And, and, you know, and on your side of things on that, I mean, when I, I kind of released on social media that, hey, this is my new children's book and like, um, so many people were like, oh, well, I'm writing a children's book or I know this person. Right. And like the difference is nobody's actually doing this shit, man. Like everybody talks about like it was so funny how they were so quick to say what they were working on instead of going, wow, like, congratulations, Chris. Like maybe I can support you, you know, like how much like anything like that. It was all instantly like, well, I'm writing a book, blah, blah, blah. But nobody's actually completing it. So for you to learn how to get it up on Amazon and all of that self-taught stuff and to write multiple books um, to help people. That's a, that's a big thing, man. You should be very proud of yourself as well. 
I appreciate you, Chris. And I'm going to order your book actually today. So I'm Are you? <laughs> no, seriously, I love supporting. One thing, I'm not a person that just says things. When I say I support, yeah. I'm 100% behind people making a difference. And I'm going to make sure I order it and have a copy for myself. Thank you. Let me ask your opinion on this. So I was unsure about the author name on that book. And if you look at it, the author's name is Margot Neal. And that's, um, it's like my production company, Margot Neal Pictures. And I was thinking to myself, because I wanted, I always, I always get lost in the separation of the different artistry that I do, right? Like I came, I'm an actor first, but I've also written many, many things, uh, feature films, short films, things like that. And I didn't, I wanted to kind of separate the actor, writer uh, in the film industry from the children's novelist, I guess you could say. But then, but then I feel like, oh, I messed that up. Like I should have used, I should have been proud to just use my name on it. Um, and I have another book that, that's, in, uh, that's just finishing up and I'm still undecided on whether I should keep it under the Margot Neal since it's kind of become established now. Or if I should go back to like, hey, I wrote it, I should be proud to put my name on it regardless of what else I do. I have a really good idea for you that's going to help. I, I yeah. think that you can keep it the way you have it and then put your your own personal name in the acknowledgement section and just kind of being able to let people know mm. I'm acknowledging myself and what I've done, but this is my way of connecting with the universe. Like, I feel like there's a way you can still do it. My name is so out of a name. I could try to pretend to be anything else. It wouldn't work. But for you, <laughs> but, I love that about people who can do that. I mean, let's be honest, Lady Gaga, that's not her name and everybody knows that, but like that right. is her way of connecting. But people who know her, they can say, hey, this is someone who I know, this is someone I connect with. And you can still be both. And but I think acknowledging that or even keeping it as a mystery, like no one really has to know, or maybe that might be a, a game you can play. You can maybe come up with something on Instagram or TikTok and say, can we guess and figure out who's this, that, or the other and then make it fun where it's, it's yeah. interactive. I feel like you can do whatever you want with it, but you can still be proud of your work and it's you without people necessarily equating your name to that actual book in that, in that way. Yeah. No, you make, it makes sense. And then I go, well, like fans of me, I guess you could say, would, they would like, part of that is like, oh, I could use my name to, you know, to create sales because they want to support me. Um, but I kind of, but I kind of lost that because I didn't use my name as well. So I still got to think about it. But I, but I think you didn't because like I said, if it's a part of your company, then that's still a way of driving business to your company. So it gets people to kind of look into and say, oh, I never heard of that. How can I support and find out more? And so this will be your creative team and you having marketing as a degree, correct? Okay, see, yep. I did my research. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> and I think that's important. So then you can market yourself in a different way. And the great thing is, guess what? They didn't have TikTok years ago. They didn't have Facebook years ago. They didn't have Instagram years ago. But we have evolved in so many different ways where we are connecting the dots differently. So I feel like it's not about what the trends are and what people may believe. It's about who you are and what people can receive from you. And the work itself is the most important. If people love mm -hmm. you, they're going to love you no matter what name you use. But if the work isn't good, it doesn't matter if they can put President Obama's name next to it or Biden or anyone or Trump, whoever, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's not going to sell. So I yeah. feel like you are what people yeah. want. And that's why it, you're connecting in so many different levels. 
I love that. I love that, that the work is the most important thing. Though I will say, without getting too political, that uh, Trump could probably write a shitty book and people would still read it and love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This is the best book. This is better than the Bible. Oh, oh man. <laughs> You're not going to get me in trouble. I'm about to move on. We're going to move on next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you could travel back in time and meet any person living or dead, who would you choose? And what would you want to discuss with him or her? God, that's tough. And like, but because I like I, I when you sent me the questions, I kind of looked, but like I didn't I didn't want to like understand. And literally when you're saying that right there, the first person that came to mind was William Shakespeare. Really? Why were you yeah, Shakespeare? You know, it's tough because like I'm not huge into Shakespeare. I don't. I've I've never done a Shakespeare play. Um, and uh, and I've also come in as an actor, filmmaker, kind of in a new generation where like I didn't watch the old stuff. I didn't like you know. I'm not theater trained and things like that. But I think for what he created and how kind of oddly artistic that his life was, it would be cool to go back and be like. So where, what, what was your thought process with this? And like, where, where are the influences for you to write things like that? Um, and, uh, and just see that probably he's just an insecure artist, like, like all of us in reality. I like that. I mean, that's something I would have never, I would have never pictured you choosing him, <laughs> but I think that's great. And I feel like we all have people we're influenced by. I always tell people the one I would still choose day or night is Martin Luther King. I mean, it's just no mm. way I would yeah. not want to be there to just sit with him and be there when he's creating the I Have a Dream speech. And it's not just because of what it represented for people of color. I feel like it's what it represented for the world because I feel a lot of times when, unfortunately, um, when certain people articulate and share their experiences in a certain way, it's not expected, unfortunately. And so mm -hmm. when you hear someone who can actually stand firm in their beliefs to speak eloquently, to share their experience and still be respected amongst his own individuals that he connects with, and as well with other people who may not have liked him before, but can have an admiration for what he represented, even if they never tell him or could show him that, that's something that I really appreciate. But also him dying for a cause, unfortunately, what happened, happened. But I felt like his life still, his legacy still has an impact on me and on so many other people of all races. And I feel like this is why I, I connected with him as a kid. He was someone who I always wanted, I admired and wanted to get to know more about. And another component, my mom's birthday is on the 16th. So she would sometimes have to celebrate on Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. So it was such a great moment where I learned more mm -hmm. about him and I love my mom. Everybody knows I'm very close to her. So it's just one of those moments of getting to, to see someone through, you know, the lens of other people or people who are still living who had opportunity to meet him or people who are ancestors who walked and, and who stood for something that was powerful. It's just, I feel like he just transcends and he just, he really helped to inspire me as a human being for sure. Oh, I agree. Uh, could you imagine the the guts it took to do what he did every single day um, in that kind of environment? Um, I just can't even I can't even imagine the strength that it took. And, you know, I guess that's why they talk about Loretta a lot. Right. Because that was like his support system. 
Yeah, Coretta Scott. Scott Coretta, Coretta, yeah. yeah, Coretta, she, yeah. She, she literally was a strong person for supporting him in, in his cause. But I think you're right. I feel like what people fail to realize is that some of the same challenges he faced, people faced before him. Um, mm-hmm. People are going to continue to face. And just myself being an African-American young man, you know, I'm getting, of course, older in age, closer to 40 than I would like yeah, to, man. to accept, but it is what it is. But yeah. I, I've gotten to the point of saying, I'm glad I'm getting old. I'm glad I'm turning gray. I'm glad all these things are happening because I'm living through these experiences and I'm, I'm actually able to appreciate the journey to where I am now. But I, I go back to as a kid being racially profiled, being have an experience of police brutality. I mean, these are things I went through as a kid. And you would think, yeah. How does someone deal with this in the 2000s and the 90s and these things? Well, guess what? It's not going to change until people change. But one thing I will say is that I never held a resentment toward a whole group of people because of someone who was ignorant and did not give me the opportunity to be myself or to to, to show them I'm different than what they thought. So that I don't hold against everyone. But I can truly empathize and understand the people who have that experience where they don't trust and they're not willing to, to, to change their view because there has been so much of that going on. It's, and, and a lot of it is not being addressed. It's being pretty much kind of, you know, glazed over. Like, that's not a major issue. We'll deal with it when the next thing happens. But when are we going to stop allowing the next things to happen and just really do something on a global level? We're managing a lot of these, these issues that, that are affecting our youth as well as our older adults as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I'm sorry, you guys, I went on a tangent, but you know, when it comes to <laughs> respect, no, okay. I just believe that we, we, we all deserve it. And I feel like hopefully at some point people will start to believe and start doing the right things for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think we got to get a, an older generation out of, uh, out of our hair first. I think that's what's kind of slowing progress for everything um, without sounding too much like an ageist, I guess, but um, but that, that ties right into, um, a short film that we've been running through the, um, the film festivals the last couple of years is the ice cream stop, um, that was produced by my friend Ty Edwards, who, uh, was in anabolic life movie with me. And it follows, it's like a, it's like the George Floyd incident in, uh, in a short film version, um, and it's every time we show it at a college campus or every time I get a chance to watch it with people. What I love about it is that it affects everyone who sees it, whether you're white, black, green, blue, whatever, um, because it's just such a, a sickening, sad, and it makes you sick, right? Like it's so sad that um, hopefully something like that helps create that change and um, for respect of all, all races, you know? 100%. Well, Chris, I always say yeah. the change starts with us and, I think you're doing the right thing. Like I said, this goes back to earlier when you mentioned of, you know, I hope years down the line, I don't go back and feel a certain way about my career choice. I feel like this is pretty much right now giving you confirmation you're doing the right thing because you're connecting with the right people, sharing stories, and you're influencing people. And literally, you're making a positive influence versus what we do see a lot in the media and other places. So I feel like this is... This is something you're meant to do, and you're great at it. Like I said, you're a great actor. That There's no question about that. It's just, w- will the right people put you in the right position to show your, your strengths? 
that's something you know that we just have to just wait to see and then this will give you an opportunity to work on yourself you can create your own avenues and your own lanes and the more you connect with the right people all it takes is that one short film that one feature and a one person to, to acknowledge it and bam it's right there it can be nominated for an oscar you never know yeah thank you for that i appreciate that i do um and my dad reminds me every day that all you need is a break all you need is one break i'm like dad i get it bro i need a break all right leave me alone all right <laughs> you should have given the kick care boy <laughs> <laughs> I love I love how you change your voice for your dad. Your dad like, I don't talk like that. <laughs> he's got this like he's from Boston and like he's been in Florida literally the last I don't know fifty years, but he still tries to use this kind of Boston laziness slang where he's like the cat and the the hus and the Hamburg and the weird this weird lazy term. So that's why I always have to change my voice when it comes to my dad. Man, if that's your Boston accent, I don't want to see a New Orleans accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. That was good. Chris. No, you're good. No, that was my dad's Boston accent, not a Boston accent. And like, oh, okay, I, my and my Louisiana is 100 percent based on. I watched this guy on YouTube Shorts. He's like a chef, and he's like, "All right, y'all," and it's like he throws butter on his grill skillet. Ah, I forget the guy's name, but that's how I learned my uh, learning my Louisiana accent is uh, by watching this chef on his griddle. Oh well. <laughs> now I, w- I would just commend you on how amazing. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Like really? the great thing about Louisiana is so many. Like I don't have a New Orleans accent that most people have, so it's it's a fun thing that to, when people they're like, "You from New Orleans?" I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "You don't sound like." I'm like, "Wait a minute, I don't know if that's a positive or negative, but we're gonna go with it." But <laughs> I mean, it's probably a slight positive, right? Yeah, I don't know. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to take that. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll go with it. But Chris, I have a question for you as it relates to if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Chris? Um, tough one, huh? Um, I, you know, I would, I would say don't change a thing, man. You know, like through all the bad decisions I've made growing up through high school and um, situational choices and, um, you know, it all led me to here and... I think where I am is where I need to be. So probably the first thing I said, don't, don't change who you are. Um, It's interesting because when people first get to know me um, where I grew up, it was in a predominantly black area. And so being one of the only few white kids growing up all the way through middle school, you know, I like, I learned through music and culture about respect and um, family and, and friends in that sense. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't change a thing about any of that. Like it's, it's, it's created, I think, um, a, such a well-rounded person uh, that who I am now. Um, so, yeah, I guess I would, I would say don't change a thing, bro. You're doing good. I, don't, I You know, there's no like life lessons that, uh, that I think would help young Chris become adult Chris. I love that. That's the first time someone has said it the way you did, because I ask this question to every guest. And I, I really yeah. like how you shared that answer, because I feel like that that helps to motivate the adult, Chris, but it also reminds you of, hey, you're still just a kid and learning through your experiences. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So, Chris, we're going to play a fun game now. I call it this or that. So you're going to have to choose between two options and whichever one of the two that you feel the most connected to, you're going to shout that answer out and then we'll go from there. 
Okay. All right. So the first one I have <laughs> is, do you prefer to go to a movie theater or an arcade? Movie theater. Okay. So when I was a kid, I would definitely say arcade because I used to love playing Pac-Man. That was one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. I'm going way back. I love that Atari. But <laughs> <laughs> you ain't that old, bro. You ain't that old. Man, I'm old enough now. Um, yeah, but, no. yeah. <laughs> but the movies, I think the one reason I would not choose movies sometimes is because like literally some people will talk. And that's what I put mm. in my mind. Like when someone is talking throughout the entire movie or when someone will, comes late and they're putting a flashlight and putting it in your face to see where I'm like, mm. Man, are you kidding me? Um, so like that, I don't care for, but I do like, I will tell you, there's a movie I saw, um, Ben is back, um, with Julia Roberts. If you get a chance to watch that, it's a very emotional movie. Um, and mm. I used to show it a lot when I worked, um, inpatient, I used to play this movie all the time, but it talks about addiction and I got so emotional. I, I literally had to get up and walk out. Um, and I normally wow. don't, I can hold myself together. But um, A Star is Born is one when I cried because I had a friend who completed suicide by hanging. So when that happened in the movie, I had to mm. get up. And I, I just yeah. didn't take that. And I didn't know that was going to happen. So when I so I said, uh, and it was toward the end, so I was finally getting up. Um, but then this, that said, I'm telling you, Ben is back. It's, Julia Roberts is amazing. But that is one of the most important movies for family members who don't know how to support their you know their kids are going through addiction it just shows you the ups and downs of that relationship so yeah that was another one so movie i don't know it's kind of iffy for me i like watching movies from home but sometimes in the theater if someone's talking or something it might kind of throw me off for sure oh i agree the arcade thing when i was a kid it never was a thing i always loved video games i still love video games but i was never into arcade situational stuff i guess but for me movie theaters it's the only time where I can completely disconnect, right? Like I can't look at my phone. I can't answer it. I can't look at social media because I'm there in the moment. Um, and that's why I choose movie theaters now for sure. But um, just last week I was watching Dungeons and Dragons. It was like a Wednesday at noon. It's not even like the cheap day at Regal. It's like a normal full price day. And these two girls sitting center talking and laughing the whole movie. And I'm thinking to myself like, all right, it's not that serious as Dungeons and Dragons, right? But I just got so annoyed because they were just so ignorant. It's almost like their parents never told them to just shut the fuck up, right? And so finally, it was towards the end of the film. I just had enough. I was sweating. I was like, oh. And I was just like, and I, like, I kind of yelled at them during a quiet part. I was just like, yo, y'all being so rude the entire movie. And I, because in my head, I was thinking, oh, man, nowadays, like, you know, that younger generation, they fight, like, like people get crazy over nothing now. And like, the last thing I want to do is end up in a, a situation with physical violence. And so I was nervous about even saying anything. And but I just I blurted it out. And they were so shocked that they literally didn't say anything for the last like, 30, 25 minutes of the film. And so but like, j just that situation, I had to put myself in with the, str the added stress. It's a horrible thing. And I get why people don't like going to theaters because of ignorant people. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, li Real I literally had someone ordering food for when they left the movies. They were uh, literally placing order. I'm uh, like, really? You you getting a two for ten at Applebee's? Really? This, uh, <laughs> this is you doing right now? Okay. <laughs> so wow. Oh man, I tell you, I, I, that's a whole other story. All right, next one I have is <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
play or musical? Which one do you like? If you had to go to see a play, just a regular play or a musical? Play for sure. Okay, I'm musical for sure. Are you? Yes. Yeah, I saw Cats yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. Great. The Lion King musical I heard was amazing on Broadway. So, man, I would love to see that for sure. Yeah, I I, I don't blame my parents, but we never grew up with kind of arts like we never really went to movie theaters. We never, my parents didn't really talk about favorite films or, or musicals and even, even music. I mean, other than like Prince and Michael Jackson and like kind of those heavily, you know, top tier pop artists. Um, that's kind of all the music I like grew up with. And, and, uh, so it was nothing too, too cultural there in the sense of like, you know, musicals and plays and things like that. And, um, even getting into acting, people were always like, where where did what theater did you train at? And I was like, oh, I've never even been in a play, um, and so yeah, so that's why I choose play over musicals because at least it's it's a little bit closer to what I do now. I like that. <laughs> I do. I mean, I feel like that's a great explanation for it for sure. Yeah, but yeah. music I chose that because I have a lot of musical individuals in my family, so who are artists or who performed and stuff. So I think like that's why I really like I've always resonated with music and I just love listening to it for sure. The family relation there. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So this is a fun one. Would you want to have the ability to fly or the ability to read minds? Ooh, uh, I think read minds. Me too. I mean, if I, I could read minds, I would not that. <laughs> I mean, I hate the idea of manipulating people, but I mean, you know, when I say no to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for me, reading minds, I would choose that one because then I would know what not to say, you know, because sometimes, mm. especially in my field, I'm a very blunt person, as you can tell. And so I try to curve it. Mm -hmm. But if I already knew, oh, this is going to really, you know, rile this person up and I don't, I'm not trying to do that, then I might soften it a little differently. But there's a part of me, I may not soften it that much. So I don't know. <laughs> not because you're never going to change who you are, right? So... Right. The only thing you're going to do is like be able to help people better because you'll know the, they could be thinking if this dude says this, I'm going nuts. And so at least now, you know, not to say that kind of thing. Right. Like those are the, the benefits of like of being able to read minds. Yes. And then also if I could read minds, I could be like, OK, so then I knew what this um, film producer did, this actor, this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> then I can just tell them all these things and I'm in the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make your job a lot easier. Absolutely. So the next one I have for you, do you prefer cooking or do you prefer takeout? Um, you know, through the pandemic, takeout was such a big thing, right? And I don't think food ever tastes good with takeout, like maybe Chinese or Thai or something like that specifically, because you can reheat it and still taste pretty good. But man, I, I hadn't had a good meal in a long time when there was uh, when COVID was hitting. So I would uh, prefer cooking uh, for sure. Me too. Cooking for me. Now, what about radio or television? Um, oh, that's tough. Uh, probably like radio sucks because of the commercials, but if that... Uh, yeah, I guess TV used to have commercials too, but um, <laughs> people, young people, was like commercials. Um, like, yeah, you know, YouTube ads, the same thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I think radio. I, right from right from when I was like eight or ten years old, music was such an influential thing in my life, even to this day. Um, so probably radio. 
Yeah, I wish I could have switched it and said like little personal handheld speakers. Remember the Walkman? Of course. Man, I used to love my Walkman. I used to carry that with me everywhere. Proud to have my Walkman on me. (laughs) Everywhere, man, everywhere. I remember riding in the car with my parents, just headphones on, like nobody messed with me. Yeah. (laughs) Now, what about breakfast or brunch? Ooh, um... Well, I mean, that's that's tough because brunch is breakfast with some champagne, right? Uh, somewhat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't do crazy Bloody Marys or anything like that, but I do like some champagne. So, And I do love breakfast for every meal. So brunch for sure. And I, I guess you can't – I guess you could do chicken and waffles for breakfast as well. But that's also – Oh, yeah, that's a New Orleans staple now. I mean, is it? I love, yes, a good chicken and waffle. Oh, man, mm. yeah. And, and then we use pecans, or people call it pecans. But um, with I mean, <laughs> they have many ways pronunciations for it. But yeah, I would love to sp- the syrup all over it. A good fried chicken, man. Mm, so yeah, good. that sounds good. That sounds good. And I say pecan. Okay. okay. I say pecan. Oh yeah, like because it sounds fancier. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times people are like, no, it's this. I'm like, I don't care with it. As long as I eat it, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like pecan sounds just so like ignorant. Like, hey, hey, put some put some flair on that pecan, okay? Give us some respect. Respect <laughs> on pecan. Man. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> now, what about bungee jump or skydive? Ooh, skydive. Ooh, yeah. You do bungee jumping? I wouldn't do either. Yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but if I had to choose, yeah, probably skydiving to be honest, because I feel like that would be yeah. a longer experience of it. And I might enjoy, and I don't know where I'm going to land, possibly. And knowing me, I probably would forget to pull the chute. But um, the bungee jumping, I just don't like my legs being tight. Oh, uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're a bunch of, you're, your legs are locked in together. Yeah. And I like the idea of skydiving because you're most of, I mean, for uh, you and I, it would be tandem. So that's that's two people to try to prevent a death, right? Like, it has, has to go through two parties in order for us to die. So but the bungee jumping, I'm relying on some cord, and then blindly, there's there's nothing I can do at all. Knowing me, my whole head probably would hit the side of the thing before I got down there. So I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. I know I'm, I'm yeah. very clumsy. I probably would have been had a full concussion. I'd be bouncing me back. My head looked like Homer Simpson. <laughs> bouncing you, down you wouldn't even know what happened. You would have woke up, be like, "Did I jump?" I'd be like, like "Wait, who am I? Playoffs? Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Now, what about sunrise or sunset? Mm, sunset. I'm not a morning person, so I'll, I'll watch that beautiful sunset any day. I love evenings, but I've become more of a morning person because of my job. But if I could work literally mm-hmm. from like my optimal part of my brain is like from 3.30 to like 10. Like my brain is like on between those times. And I don't Ooh. know why, but I've noticed that. But like maybe it's because I'm getting close to getting off of work and I'm like, okay, my brain is like slowing up to think about what I want to do later. But I'm telling you, I used to stay up to like one, two o'clock in the morning when I was younger, but I really enjoy between three and 10, 3.30 and 10. It's just a good time for me. I don't know why, but I, I really enjoyed that time. Yeah, it's like things become quieter and like, um, yeah, and that's and it cools down a little bit. I, I think it all goes hand in hand with stuff like that. That's true. So my last this and that question is eighties versus the nineties. Oh, nineties for sure. I mean, I was born in eighty four, so eighties to me, I didn't really get to experience. Um, so nineties, like I remember my first CD was um, 
Wu-Tang 36 Chambers that came out in 94. I was 10 years old. Um, so, and to this day, all I listen to is 90s rock, you know, like, like Bush and Live and Smashing Pumpkins and then, you know, 90s hip hop, which is the greatest hip hop ever created in my eyes. Oh, oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, there's nothing can touch the 90s in hip hop, man. No, no. Um, I was so going to yeah. my Biggie, but I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave Biggie right where I found him. Because, you know, <laughs> I was about to do, it was all a dream, but I'm, we're going to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my go-to karaoke is Big Papa. So, I mean, you know, I get it. So, Chris, give it, you got to give it to us now. That oh, it. I love it when you call me Big Pop. But <laughs> Throw your hands in the air if you were true player. What is it? How's, how's it? So, um, what is it? So the honey's getting money playing uh, playing fellas like Dumb East? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on a spot Man. on that one. Put me on a spot on that one. Yeah, yeah. Baby, baby. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last questions I have for you. Do you mind letting our listeners know where can they find you online? And then the second part of that question is what's next for you that we can follow and support? Sure. Uh, I mean, across the board, it's only Chris Levine. Um, and I created that before OnlyFans blew up, but I'm stuck with it now. So there it is. Only Chris Levine. Um, and what's next for me is... Uh, I have a couple movies in post-production. I have um, uh, another uh, kind of teenager dinosaur book that I'm coming out with that's, um, that's kind of based on scary stories to tell in the dark, except with dinosaurs. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I also have a, a horror t-shirt clothing line that uh, I have a few limited items on that. And so you can all support with all of those things. Well, Chris, I'm very excited for you. And I'm about to support you on all of those things that I can right now. So <laughs> you look for some purchases for me. I'm going to a screenshot later when I get them. But I really want to continue to support you because I feel like you're doing great things in the industry. I don't care if people have acknowledged it yet. I always tell people there's always the word yet. When someone says, I haven't done something, I'm like, yet. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't yeah. get to that point we get to choose what success looks like and we get to show up and show out in different ways as well. And this is one of the most fun podcast interviews I've had. I've really gotten a a great opportunity to get to know more about you and your career. And I can't wait for you to continue to flourish and do amazing things. Oh man. Thank you so much. It meant a lot when you just kind of uh, reached out kind of blindly. And I was like, and then I saw what you were doing and who you were speaking to. And I was like, Oh, well that's, that means a lot that you're putting me on that level of past guests and your time. Um, so I appreciate you uh, reaching out, man. This has been fun. Anytime. Well, I'm going to have you back. We're going to talk and we may have a rap battle next time. I don't know how well I'm going to do in that, but we're going we're gonna to see. <laughs> we drop some bars. The only bars I'm dropping are ones I'm eating. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, Chris, you have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk with you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. Bye. Bye.
flow. 